Good morning, my name is Jim Barcliffe, pastor here at Lighthouse Fellowship. We're glad and that you've t- chosen to join us today and to tune in. I pray that God would speak to you. It's a new year, we're beginning to get into the new year and lots of things are happening already. And uh, you can turn on the news and you can see a lot of things that are happening, a lot of good things are happening. I want you to focus this year on the positive things the Bible talks about in the book of Philippians, to think on those things that are good and excellent and pure, holy, righteous, positive. Think upon those things. We need to dwell upon those things because the negative creeps in real easy. I pray to this coming week that you'd experience and encounter the Lord in a greater way than you ever have before because that's what life is all about. We uh, obviously are changed from glory to glory. Our encounters with the Lord were changed as we encounter him, and that is a wonderful uh, aspect of our relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's begin with prayer. Father, thank you for this day, and thank you for the privilege of coming together. And here at Lighthouse Fellowship, we give praise to you, Lord, and worship you as the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and the soon coming King. So, Lord, in this day of preparation, we pray that, Lord, you would work in our hearts in such a way that our hearts would be positioned before your throne of grace. The Lord to hear you and to step out in immediate obedience to what you called us to do and to be. We know, Lord, today that you have a wonderful, wonderful plan for our lives. And I pray that today for each person watching, that God has a plan for your lives. He has not given up on you. He's not turned away from you that he's actually working and what he is waiting on is for us to turn to him. And so, Lord, today we come, we repent of our sins. We ask you to forgive us, Lord, those things of neglect. Those things may be intentional, whatever it may be, Lord, we repent. We come and confess them to you today and ask that, dear God, you release that gift of repentance in our hearts so we would turn from those things and turn towards you. Lord, we ask you overall, corporate for the body of Christ, that the gift of repentance would be uh, imparted in each and every heart. Lord, individually, the ones that make up the body of Christ, the corporate body, Lord, we ask you that you would do that. And dear God, today, that you would do a mighty work through our lives because, Lord, we've turned from those ways and turned to you. Lord, you speak, let me get out of the way and let your word and your truth go forth in power, change our hearts. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. You're our teacher. And those who are watching and those who are here in the congregation, we ask you that you you would touch every heart and reveal the Lord Jesus to our hearts, Lord. Thank you for this day, and we thank you for this time together. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. A year for change. Philippians chapter 3 Verses 12 through 14. A year for change. Okay. Y'all know this scripture. Let's read it together. Not that I've already obtained all this. Or have already been made perfect. But I press on to take hold of that. For which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers. I do not consider myself. Yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Amen. Paul is saying, last year was last year. Yesterday was yesterday. When we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. But what we do is sometimes we just sort of like look in the rearview mirror and continue to sort of stare there, stare at that. Our past is always our past. But Paul is saying, I've got a past also. But I forget those things that are in the past and then I press on to what God has called me to do, be calling me heavenward in Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, that today, we could stop there, couldn't we? We could say, that's it. (laughs) I'm going to press on. I'm going to keep going. And today, I want to just encourage you, don't give up. Do not give up. Things don't sometimes seem like they change in the time period that we want them to change. But we do not give up. The life of a Christian is about the life of perseverance. Because we know perseverance builds character. 
and character hope. And a lot of Christians today have fallen on the wayside because they've lost hope. They just lose hope. And a lot of things can, can, can bring that about. Uh, the world, the enemy, uh, our flesh, all those things that we see happening, being entangled in the things of the flesh, and all this can bring about a fact of holiness, hopelessness. And that is reality. A lot of times that could happen to each one of us. But Paul is saying, I forget those things in the past. God is saying, it's under the blood of Jesus Christ. And I'm looking for you to move forward. So for the year 2022, we're looking to move forward. Amen. We're moving forward in the power of the Holy Spirit today. And I want to talk and address about these things because I think it's important today as we look at change. And I believe today I'm praying for change in our lives. And I pray that obviously this past year that you changed. If you look back a year from now, <clears throat> you can do an inventory. And you can say that, am I different than what I was last year? Do I still have the same temper that I had? Am I still getting angry about this and that like I did last year? Am I be or am I becoming more peaceful because I know God is in my life and that He's in control and I've submitted my life to Him? Are we becoming more uh, strengthened by the power of the Spirit? We can feel and sense God's strength in our lives because we know at times we are very weak and the Bible, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 12 that at our weakest, that He's the strongest. We're trusting in Him. Do you trust Him more this year, beginning of 2022 versus last year? Can you tell or can you see things? Or do you have for in a goal or maybe the thrust and, and the momentum for your life to actually see changes for 2022? I want to encourage you today. Take this, obviously, uh, challenge before you and look at 2022 as a time where there will be a year for change in my life and your life and the people around us today. I read a story about three co-workers. They were out of town for a convention and they were sharing a suite at a hotel. Their room was on the 75th floor, very high up. So you can imagine their discouragement when after a long day of meetings, they returned to the hotel and found that the elevators were not working. And so to get to their room, they were going to have to climb 75 flights. And to try to pass the time, they decided to have the first man tell jokes for the first 25 flights. And then the second man would sing songs for the next 25 flights. And then finally, the third man would tell sad stories for the last 25 flights. Okay. And it was all going according to plan. The first told his jokes and then for uh, the 25 stories. And the second sang songs for his 25 stories. But when it came time for the man to begin telling his sad stories, he hesitated. And he said this, I think I will begin with the saddest story of all. I'm afraid I left our room key in the car. Well, we can start off good and we can be challenged, but so easily on this route, this, this journey called life, we can become discouraged. And I don't know about you, but sometimes it appears to me that I can take one step forward or maybe two steps forward and one back. Okay. You ever felt that way? You can take two and you feel like, oh gosh, I'm making some progress here in my spiritual walk with the Lord. And that is obviously desire of our hearts to know Jesus and become more conformed in his image. And it looks like, oh gosh, I just step back. And, and, all. and so this can become discouraging. Maybe you've experienced that certainly here. Well, we have obviously, uh, I believe, changed over this past year. And we all hope that it was for the better. This past year, 2021, it's gone. It's behind us here. And I pray that all of us can continue to experience significant and lasting life change. And so as we start our long journey to freedom, and that's exactly what it is, there are two obstacles that we're going to have to overcome. And the first obstacle is, first of all, is that we must not travel this journey alone. We must not tra travel it alone. You know, the one thing that the enemy does when he wreaks havoc in my life is when I become isolated. When I'm not around the body of Christ or maybe other ministers, those that can hold me accountable. Those times when I'm sort of like, OK, I just kind of withdraw because I'm tired. 
And because obviously a lot of things, distractions are going on and so forth. And it appears to be the enemy is probably just that he's very strong. Certainly God is stronger and he protects us. But he'll isolate you. He'll keep you from being around people of faith. And I think sometimes that happens as far as the church house is concerned. And whatever it may be, people who can't come, certainly we know God knows and God does that. But those who can come and have their faith strengthened by coming to church, then I encourage people to come to church. Get in a church that's Bible teaching, that's relevant to your life, and certainly those who really walk and uh, teach the Word of God. And, all, and, and it, it helps because if not, the enemy will wreak havoc in your life. So we need to obviously overcome and not travel this journey alone. The second obstacle here is we must not let discouragement stop us along the way because there's no easy shortcuts to a life transformation that's lasting here. Transformation of our lives takes time. In the end, we've got to realize that real life change is a process. It's not an event. You got saved, but then comes the sanctification. And it takes time to be able to go through that time. And I'll encourage you in this journey. But as we make progress in our journey towards Christ-likeness, there'll be many stumbles along the way here. Trust me. There'll be times when we stumble and fall. We know that. We obviously, we know that uh, we find ourselves sinning less and less, but we never are sinless in this life. We stumble and fall as Christians here, but we have an advocate. Again, 1 John, the first chapter, that we confess our sins, repent of our sins. He's cleansing. He will cleanse us and he will uh, put us back on that path. But one thing for sure is we don't have the halos necessarily. We are considered to be saints. Obviously, the Bible refers to us as saints. But we know, obviously, there are things in our lives that God is still working on. And it may be things in our lives that we're not free of, that God is saying in this journey, I want to get rid of it here. And so one reason is true about this, about sin is because there are spiritual forces that are out to obviously keep us from walking with the Lord. There are spiritual forces that are trying to destroy our relationship with our father. It's, it's that's the primary purpose, stopping our relationship. Those who don't know Jesus Christ are already in the enemy's camp. But those of us who want to know the Lord, trying to do what God wants us to do to be obedient, we have opposition here. And just because we make some progress in overcoming in some areas of spiritual bondage, it doesn't mean that the evil forces will start leaving us alone. You ever notice that? It's like they don't back off. They're tenacious. They keep on. And so we have to have the power of God's spirit in our lives to be able to overcome. Otherwise, we too will obviously throw in the towel and certainly get on the sidelines. But not only do we have the battle against the forces outside of us, but we've also got to battle the forces within us. We have to win the battle against our own wrong thinking and the evil desires that are within us. As long as we live in this world, we'll have the battle with the flesh. Flesh never gets any better until we go to be with the Lord. The flesh is still there. That old nature is still there. Yes, we need to deny self and take up our cross daily and follow him. And we need to crucify the flesh daily. But we know the flesh is still there. And so those things that entice us, those things that the enemy will observe our lives, and he'll point right to that particular area of our life of weakness. He knows he's observed us. He's very observant with that. But if we know that God in this whole training course that he's doing here on this side of heaven is he's preparing us for heaven. He's preparing us to rule and reign with him when we go to heaven. Amen. We will rule, the Bible says, and reign with him. He'll be Lord of all and we will worship him, I believe, 24-7. But we will actually be placed in positions of responsibility, the Bible talks about. And we will rule and reign with him. And so this life is a life of preparation here. And sometimes in the battles, we wonder, why is it so intense? It is intense, isn't it? Sometimes there's illnesses that don't seem to go away. And we know he is Jehovah Rapha. He, he's our healer. We know that. He's our deliverer. But sometimes it doesn't always go the way that we thought. And so what in the world is happening during this time? It's God working through these things. God is doing this here. And so we're not going to win this battle randomly or accidentally. You and I have got a purpose in our heart. What does that mean? We've got to make up our minds. We've got to make up our minds that this is the way we're going and nothing's going to detour us from doing what God wants us to do. Amen. 
This is the way it is. And we need to come to that place. And we must intentionally subject the flesh and the mind. And we must undertake an intentional strategy for reaching our spiritual goals, you know. People are necessarily the planning. You go, well, I'm not a planner and so forth. But you've got to, in this coming year, you and I have got to make up our minds that nothing is going to stop us from doing what God calls us to do. I don't care what it is. That nothing can stop us. We have the most powerful, obviously, power in the world. The Holy Spirit of God living within us. And so you and I individually and our families and this church called Lighthouse Fellowship can do what God's called us to do if we'll make up our minds and we'll believe it today. But it begins by believing it here. So there are four principles that I believe will help us to keep the process of the spiritual life changed that you and I, I believe we all want that. And those who are watching this uh, today, I believe that we all want. The first principle is lay claim to the promises. Our first step in life change is not do something, but believing something. I'm really not thinking of any specific promise. Rather, I'm suggesting that we need faith in God and his promises. Hebrews 11 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so you and I have got to believe this. First of all, we've got to know and trust God, believing that he exists and he rewards those who diligently seek him, according to Hebrews chapter 11. We've got to believe that all things are possible with God. Amen. Matthew chapter 19. You believe that? That all things are possible with God. Okay. If you don't have that particular belief and you're not revisiting that belief in your heart and your mind, I think on a regular basis, then what we see happening today and no change and looks like it's going the opposite way, we'll get discouraged and maybe even fall off to the wayside. We've got to believe that through Christ's death and resurrection here is that obviously that we have been freed from sin. We've got to realize we have resurrection power within us. We've got to realize these things here. We've got to believe that we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. These are just scriptural. Philippians chapter 4. Do you believe that? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can stand up here before you today and it's not just about preaching. It's about ministry because we're all called. I can do that because God strengthens me through Christ today. It is the power of Christ in my life. It's not me. It is obviously I prepare and, and I want to convey the truth in a way that, that God would desire and let God speak through me. But it's believing that God wants to change lives today in this congregation and those people who are watching this and throughout the world today. And when our lives are changed, we're going to have an effect upon other lives that need to be changed. Amen. And that's what it's all about. It's not about becoming an island unto ourselves. It's about, obviously, changed lives that then we can go out and see lives changed also. We've got to believe it. You've got to believe it. It begins by believing. And we've got to believe that Jesus, our faithful high priest, sympathizes with our weaknesses. Do you know? He knows what we're going through. He knows when we're discouraged. You think about it for a moment. Jesus was preaching the most powerful, obviously, Word, because he is the word, and he was sharing the power. He saw people healed, blind eyes open, the lame walk, demons cast out. He saw all these things happening, and word got around about Jesus all over that area and beyond. And yet, people were rejecting him, and people were obviously beginning to to gather and and to connive and 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 come together to crucify the very Son of God, the very Messiah that they had been waiting on. Now, you don't think that's not discouragement to him? That could have been discouraging to him. But he did not. He says that he considered it all joy, that joy that was set before him for those things that he went through today because he knew his Father in heaven had it all in control. And you see, the reason why we lose our joy many times because the joy is our strength. We lose our joy and we fall flat on our face spiritually. It's because many times that we have not obviously connected. We have not that relationship. We're not abiding in the vine as Jesus talks about in John chapter 15. We don't have that connection with him to understand his power and his might and understand and believe that his promises are for you and me today and know that these things are real 
His promises for you and for me and for the body of Christ. The Bible said, Jesus said, that I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Okay? Now, I believe that. Do you believe that? That's the Word. That's not me. Jesus said that. I will build my church today. I'm encouraged today. Okay? I may see that COVID has sort of like gotten people all the trodden path, so to speak, and all that. Yes, certainly. And we need to deal with that. There's strategies that we can use to do that. But I want to tell you, Jesus said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So obviously, we obviously talk about here too, I believe that we need a spiritual mind. To experience life change, we have to think for that change here. In other words, it has to be a priority. We know the scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 that talks about taking every thought captive and making obedient to Christ. You know, what we do starts with what our thinking is, what we believe, right? And if we don't believe the right stuff, if we don't somehow allow the things that God is saying to us override those things the enemy is trying to put in front of us and trying to tell us, then we'll be defeated throughout this life. Now, we have the victory in Jesus, the ultimate victory, but I want the victory here in the skirmishes here on this earth. Some of them are tough. Some of them are just obviously not just a day's battle. Some of them are on and on and on today. And we've got to be able to have a mind change in this whole thing. You and I have got to think different than we have in 2021. Because a lot of times in 2021, you see you've been drugged down and it seems like, golly day, if things are going to get worse, you hear things being spoken of throughout the media that it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. And, you know, it's going to be a dreadful winter and all these types of things you hear. And you hear these words. And if you let them take root in your mind, then you'll start believing them. But you've got to let them and cast those things out the minute they come in and you can feel that they begin to take root because your attitude changes, because you become angry, you become frustrated. You start losing your cool a little bit easier than what you did in the past. That's because these things are coming in and they begin to take up a nest in your mind. You see, we've got to have that mind change, a spiritual mind. Think the way God thinks. We have the mind of Christ, the Bible says here. And Paul also taught, obviously, we'd be transformed by the renewing of our minds. In Romans chapter 12, remember, don't be transformed, don't be conformed to this word, but world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your minds. Don't be conformed to this world. Paul said, don't let the world sort of like mold you into what it wants you to be. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. When I speak this today, and the word of God is spoken, is not me. Is what God's Spirit does to each every one of our hearts in this place. And so today, if you're listening and you're not thinking about, well, the roast at home is burning, or what are we going to do? What are we going to eat with the roast? What are we going to eat with this? We're going to put potatoes in there. We're going to put carrots in there. Your mind is all over the place and so forth. But if you listen to the Word of God today, let me tell you, your mind is being renewed today. It's being renewed. If you get up in the morning, and you begin to do the things that God calls you to do. And you begin, you believe God's called you to do this and that. And sometimes they're just the tasks that he gives us to do. Don't get me wrong. You don't have to be super spiritual about it. It's the day-to-day routines. And you're doing what God's called you to do. You realize you're being renewed in your mind on those things. You're doing what God calls you to do. Isn't that good news? Okay. But he says, don't be conformed to this world. The world will obviously bring you down. Not that the good things around us today. You're in the world, but you're not of the world. He tells us that very, very clearly here. Paul says this, not that I've already obtained it. He hadn't, even Paul had not here. But obviously, and I haven't been made perfect, but I press on. I'm moving forward, folks. So you hear what Paul is saying. He's claiming for his life that for which Christ has accomplished, he's believing it, and then he's acting accordingly to it. Okay? So, we got to do the same as well here. The first step to freedom is to believe that that freedom and that power really exists as God promises. Got to believe it. You got to believe it. We've got to win the battle of the mind. The second principle is got to play on a new team. If you're hanging around with somebody that's bringing you down negatively, or if somehow or another you're watching something, that may be bringing you down, or maybe in any way 
that you're obviously not getting around people of faith or getting into the word. And you're just sort of uh, doing this laissez-faire and sort of like laid back and all. And you're sort of casually kind of just moving through life and all that. You're going to be conformed to this world. You got to get on a new team. Get rid of that stuff. Don't get around the negativity this year. Stay away from those who are not speaking the truth and love today. It doesn't mean that obviously certain things are not confronted to our hearts, but it means just negativity, negative, negative. Turn the TV off. Get along with the Lord. Get your mind renewed in the Word of God. Whatever it takes today, get in a church. Stay in church. Get involved in the programs in the church here. We, have, we don't have a lot of programs here, but we have some. Get involved in what God's doing today. Get active in what God is doing. And you'll be able to go through it. Get on a new team. Play on a new team. Don't get around people who obviously can bring you down. Our faith certainly is a personal thing, but faith was never meant to be totally private or individual. Now again, the enemy isolates you. And then that's when he whoops up on us here. If we're going to walk with the journey into freedom, then we're going to have the walk with other people here. One man was sitting on an airplane next to a retired general. And as it turned out, this general had flown 300 missions in Vietnam. And not once was his plane hit by anti-aircraft fire. The man said, sir, you must be an amazing pilot. And the general said, no, I had an amazing partner. And he went on to explain that when a person flies a plane during an attack, the pilot can't see the plane's tail. And that's where your partner is invaluable. It was the job of your partner to tell you the enemy was firing at you so you could avoid the attack you couldn't see coming. Now, isn't that good? See, I had to keep my eyes open for my, the sheep here. I'm the under-shepherd, Jesus the shepherd. And see what's happening in people's lives to obviously to warn you and to pray for you, to cover you in the blood of Jesus Christ and to see things happening when the enemy is coming, trying to deceive you, trying to discourage you, trying to wreak havoc in your life. And I'm the one, God's here. But not just the pastor, it's you and me. The whole place is responsible today. You see, it takes a team. It does take a team. I won't use the other expression, it takes a village today, because I don't agree with all that type, but it takes a team. It takes a team to do that here. And that's why Jesus always sent the people out uh, to battle with a partner. Remember, he sent them out two by two, he sent them out together there. Uh, obviously, we need somebody in our life to see the attack here. And obviously, we need to uh, be able to stand together. You see something going on in my life? I want somebody to come over and talk to me. I want somebody to pray for me. I want somebody to obviously call it out to my attention if you see something today. You see, we don't always see ourselves the way others see us, right? You know, I don't see myself the way y'all see me, okay? And many of you are gracious because you don't tell me how you see me, okay? But reality is we need people to see us in the reality of who we are, right? And it means sometimes that sometimes the things that you say to somebody may, may bristle you. But it may be the truth. And I'm not just saying going around trying to be critical. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying God leads you and saying, you know what? You need to veer away from that. You need to be careful. You need to pray about that. Okay? And I tell people today. And before I share with them today and, and all I, with different uh, situations and all, I'll say what? I always say... Um, would you pray about that before you step out and make that particular decision? We need each other. Because we are a team here. That's why the church is so important. There it talks about Hebrews. But encourage one another daily as long as it's called a day so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. And Galatians chapter 6 says, Brothers, if a man is trapped in some sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. You see something going on. We're not there to condemn. We're not there to judge. We're not there to pound on. We're there to restore. God is God of restoration. That's good news. God helps us. And he knows that sometimes the body of Christ is afflicted and wounded. And we need to come along beside. And we don't judge because sometimes that judgment, obviously, is like throwing salt in that wound. 
So God is saying is that we need to uh, obviously help one another. The third principle here is walk in the spirit. We've got to pray to be spirit filled and to be controlled by the spirit. If You don't get anything else about this today. Pray that God would fill you with his spirit in this new year. And that God's spirit would control you in this new year. Keep us from being stuck. Because I don't know, sometimes during the year it feels like I'm stuck. Fill with the spirit. Overflowing with the spirit. I always think this. I pray when I run sometimes. I say, Lord, because I always pray that God will fill me with his spirit and anoint me before services. Each day I do, but certainly during the services. And I tell the Lord, I say, Lord, because when I'm filled with your spirit, I can't be filled with all this other junk. Because <laughs> junk's going to come in unless you're filled with the spirit. You can't be filled up. If you're filled up, nothing, we won't get in there like it would otherwise, right? And that's what we need to do. So somebody's obviously, uh, <clears throat> a lot of times we'll see something there and, and they come along with a lot of lists, a lot of list of rules and all this kind of stuff. And, and they just say, well, just do this and just, just obey this and obey that and all so forth and all that. But see, it's not about outward rules. It's about an inward change of your heart and my heart. You pray that prayer, change my heart, oh God, make it ever true. And so it's about an inward change. And then the inward change will transform the outward. It's like an osmosis, so to speak, if the only way you can think of it. And it just permeates and comes out and it changes the outwards. You see, all rules can do is force outward conformity. Rules cannot change the heart. But sometimes what happens is we make Christianity out of the fact that that, you know, well, it's a do's and don'ts and so forth. And a lot of people say, I don't want to do that. I can't live up to that to begin with. Well, neither can any of us. But when God changes our hearts by the power of God's spirit, then it begins to change those things. Your desires change. Don't you want your desires changed for the new year? Some of the things that have been in your life, some of the things that have captivated your heart, you're saying, I don't want it anymore. Take that away. You know, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, let me see sin the way you see it. And help me to hate sin the way you hate sin. Because I don't always see sin the way he sees it. Sometimes I see things and I'm going, wow, I'm aghast about it. But I don't see it the way God sees it. I want to see it the way God sees it, you see. Because when I see it and he gives me a revelation of that, that'll change my heart. And it'll change the way I view and my actions and my attitudes and my motives and my words and my thought life and so forth will change because obviously a revelation it's changed my heart and changed my outward behavior. That's what's got to happen. So I'm asking, you asking, Lord? Change my heart, Lord. It's not about rules, regulations. I always use the expression, if you have a, a hole in you know, some of the privacy fences, six-foot privacy fences you have, and a hole's over there, and you tell the person, don't go look in that hole. What will they do? They'll go right there and look in it. They'll go straight to it. You're told, don't, 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 don't. You go on and do it. You've got to obviously know it's a heart change. Pray for heart change this new year. And we can't change the, in, the internal bent with an external code here. God puts His holy law in our lives by the Holy Spirit of God. changes us. Romans chapter 8 says, The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile towards God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. If the Spirit of God lives within you. If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin. Yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the, his spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it's not to the sinful nature to live according to it. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you'll die. But if you're the spirit, by the spirit, you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live because those who are led by the spirit of God are children of God. You led by the Spirit of God are children of God. They're powerful thoughts there. It takes time to learn the sweet voice of the Spirit. That's why life change is a journey. It takes place. You changed last year, hopefully for the better. But we got a new year. 
You know, the Bible says that his mercies are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, O Lord. Aren't you glad his mercies are new every morning? I get up and I say, Lord, I need a lot of mercy today. And mercy is not getting what we deserve, right? And so I'm glad. Give me more mercy, Lord. Give me more grace today. Blew it yesterday. I'm getting back up again. His mercies are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, O God. That's the way we should live our lives here. We're growing and learning how to live by the Spirit. We haven't arrived. I sometimes stumble and fall. Maybe you say the same thing. I'm not there yet. Paul said, it's not that I've already arrived and I've become made perfect. I'm still on the journey, right? But I'm going to forget what's behind. And I'm going to move on and press on for what God has. You see, you and I need to take that attitude. And to get that deep in our hearts, because otherwise, then when we stumble and fall, we sort of like become, we'll stay off on the sideline. Eventually, it seems that we'll come back. But you see, sometimes a lot of wasted time because God says, no, I want you to get back up again and seek my face. So don't fall back in the old trap of thinking that we can control our flesh by the rules. Instead, pray daily this. God, I'm walking towards freedom. Help me learn how to listen to and cooperate with the spirit. Good prayer. Help me to listen to and cooperate with the Spirit. Through the Spirit, God changes us from the inside out. The fourth principle, stay in the game. Stay in the game. A story about Bear Bryant, the legendary football coach at the University of Alabama. Probably all of you remember him here. He gathered the assistant coaches in his office one day because he was about to send them out recruiting prospective high school athletes. And he said, now, boys, you're going to go out there and find a young man who, when he gets knocked down, stays down. We don't want that young man playing for for Crimson Tide. But if you are also going to find a boy who, when he gets knocked down, gets right back up. And an assistant coach interrupted the head coach saying, that's the boy we want, right? And Bear Bryant answered, no. I want you to find the boy who keeps knocking those boys down. (laughs) You know, if this was an actual quote from him, it would be very typical of Bear Bryant, right? Remember the funeral I did there off of Westheimer years ago? He was a guy at the University of Alabama, and uh, it was in a beautiful funeral home, like a house down there. And I was stood up before the crowd of people, a large group of people, and Sitting up in the front on a chair was a hat like Bear Bryant used to wear. Remember, he used to wear a hat and all that was sitting up here. And so he was a loyal Crimson Tide man. Graduated from the University of Alabama, okay? And you know how some people are. You know how Aggies are, right? They're fanatical, okay? Well, University of Alabama is the same way, Crimson Tide and, and all that. By the way, they're playing Monday night. That's just a side note. This is not anything to do with the sermon, <laughs> And I got up there and I said, okay, I'll just start this service with the fact that such and such has gone home to be with the Lord. But if any of you have anything critical to say about the University of Alabama, if I was you, I wouldn't say it in this group today. Bear Bryant said, keep knocking them down. But actually, what he's saying too, to get back up again. You want somebody, when you get knocked down, get back up again. Everybody gets knocked down. But the question is, are you one who refuses to stay down? Are you encouraged today or discouraged? Am I talking to everybody? Just saying they're encouraged, everything is hunky-dory. Am I talking to some saying, boy, it's been a hard year. Actually, it's been a hard two years. Lots of things have happened family-wise. There's a lot of division in the family today. There's a lot of division in our culture today, isn't it? Don't you see it? There's a lot of ideology that seems to be complete opposite, 180 degrees from one another and all and all that. There doesn't seem to be any moderation of those walking in the center, either one side or the other, doesn't it? It seems to be that today. Does it look like somehow you're seeing things and, and you're going, oh, we're on the wrong trajectory. We're on the wrong path. Are we going slippery sliding? Are we we looking at this on a day because all of us care, right? We care for future for our children, our grandchildren, and for ourselves, certainly here and future generations. Are you looking at it and saying, boy, I am. How are we going to do it? 
And you dwell on that and you will get knocked down. But I want to encourage you today, don't stay knocked down. You need to persevere so that when you've done the will of God, you will receive what He's promised. Don't stay down. Get back up again. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let our fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning his shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you'll not grow weary and lose heart. Think about what Jesus went through. Woo, wow. Kind of looks different now, the things that I face. See, a lot of times we think that we're sort of like, well, this is only happening to me. No, it's happening to other people, and it's hap- it has happened and will continue. If you're not in a trial at the present time, then you maybe have just come through a trial, or you may be prepared for a trial or a test. It is inevitable. It's life. We need to know how to deal with it. You see, we have the answer right here. In the word of God. The author and finisher of our faith. His name is Jesus Christ. Fix your eyes upon him. Because he knew how to endure that with the joy. If you've lost your joy today. Come back. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Get back. And abiding in him. Connected with him in the vine. And draw your strength from him. And whatever else you need. Anybody can sprint the first 50 yards of a marathon. But when, when we tire. Or trip or fall. How many of us are going to get back up and keep going? When Charles Colson, the late, he died in 2012, turned his life over to Christ during his trial and conviction for involvement in Watergate break-in and cover-up, many doubted his sincerity because in an early interview, Colson was asked, many people turned to Christ in a jam only to drop him the second they're out of trouble. How do we know that your faith is real? They asked Charles. And his reply was, the only thing I can say is this, See what I'm doing in 10 years from now. Then you'll know if it's real or not. Well, it was actually more years because obviously it had been over 40 years before his death in 2012. And Chuck Colson had gone around the world, particularly in prisons, pointing people to freedom in Christ Jesus. Amen. Hey, look at our lives. You may feel like that you've been knocked down. You may feel like, golly day, I've been getting up, getting up, getting up, getting up, and all that. But I want to tell you, when God looks at you, He says, where are you at now? Where's your at today? What do you, where's your faith today? What are you believing today? All that. Paul says, forget it. Forget it. Get back up again. Obviously, God our Father helps us get back up and get back on the path. He will do it. Hang there and stay in the race. This particular man, his name was Derek Redmond. Maybe you probably don't recognize it. But as a 19-year-old in Great Britain, he shattered his country's record in the 400-meter race. Derek went on to the Olympic Games in Seoul, Korea in 1988. Unfortunately, 10 minutes before the race, he had uh, to withdraw with an Achilles tendon injury, a tendon injury. And so Derek trained hard and waited four more years, waited, okay, for the 1992 Olympics in Barcelona. And he went into the 1992 games as a favorite to medal in his events. Well, Derek made it into the semifinals in the 400, and he needed to finish in the top 400 to make it to the finals. And so the gun sounded, and his semifinal heat began. And with the race halfway over, he was in a good position to qualify for the finals. And then he heard a pop. And he knew immediately that he had just torn his hamstring again. All right, actually torn, torn his hamstring. Derek couldn't believe it. It happened again in the race of his life. Injury struck again. He collapsed to the ground and lay there while all the runners that he was ahead of passed him. And then something wonderful happened. There was a man at the top row of the stadium, 65,000 people who just started running down the steps. The man jumped over the rail and was chased by two security guards. Derek Redsman's father, Jim, reached him and helped his boy up. And together, the two of them started walking to the finish line. And 65,000 people began to clap and cheer as a fallen boy and loving father finished the race. (laughs) (laughs) What an analogy. That's our Heavenly Father. 
Now, that's encouraging. Could we stumble and fall? But we have a Heavenly Father that will pick us up again and will help us. You know, to be successful, to finish the race, you just got to stay in the race. This year, in 2022, I'm expecting great and wonderful changes. Amen? How about you? I'm, ta- I'm talking about me and my family. I'm talking about this church. I'm talking about the body of Christ. I believe it today because I know that's who God is, okay? I obviously refuse to be discouraged. And I declare, I make a declaration today that God is on the move, that God is going to save souls in this neighborhood and beyond, and God is going to use Lighthouse Fellowship in a way that we never thought possible or imaginable. Amen. That's who He is. i got to believe it. You see, over the years that I've prayed for revival, 35 to 40 years that I've been praying for revival, and I've waxed and waned and kind of ebbed and flowed with it and so forth, but I've come back to a point that I start praying and I look and I say, oh God, Jesus is the only answer. Revival of the church today. And sometimes my faith, I think is as small as that mustard seed that Scripture talks about. But I come back. And I stay in the race. Why? It's because I've mentioned last week that it's not about me. It's about, obviously, for Jesus' sake. But it's about future generations that are being born right now. Those who are already here and those who are pregnant in the womb. Okay? That they would come to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you and I have got to pray like that. And we've got to believe And we've got to stay in the race. And we've got to forget that which is behind us. And we've got to look forward to the author and finisher of our faith. His name is Jesus. And when our eyes are fixed upon Him, nothing can stop us. Amen. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. We need to get back up. It takes time to change. The race is long and hard. But at no time will God start loving us and helping us. He never stops. He never stops. Embrace God's love. Never will I leave you and never will I forsake you. Scripture. Year of change. Year of change. I want you to be encouraged. I'm not trying to somehow conjure up emotions here. But I'm speaking things that I believe with all my heart today to say, let's set the course here in our lives individually and corporately in the direction that we're going. You know why? It's because we can't lose. We can't lose. You see why? It's because I know whose side I'm on. Or you can put it like, I know, obviously, that, that He is with me and He will see me through and He'll see you through. He's very faithful. And the Bible says even when we're faithless, we're faithful. He's faithful. Always. Don't ever forget that. You can blow it. We will. You mess it up. Yes. But God is faithful. And He promises us that He'll be there for us. Let's pray together. Father, thank You for Your Word, Your truth. Thank You, Father, You're speaking. Give us ears to hear. Give us eyes to see. Give us a mind to understand and give us a heart to obey. And Father, today, starting this new year, if anybody here in this congregation has never really received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today, may be the day. You never really stepped out and said, I want Jesus in my life and I want to make it public that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. Today may be the day that God is tugging at your heartstrings and saying, today, you need to make this decision. And somebody watching this today, that maybe you've never really made that public profession of faith, you need to get in a church, make that public. You need to bring it out. When it's out in the light, it doesn't have any power. The enemy will obviously works in darkness. Jesus is the light of the world. He works in the light. Bring it out. Be transparent. And God will reward you and bless your life.
If you've never made that decision, you can bow right now and say, Jesus, I believe with all my heart that you're the son of God. Don't understand all of it. But I know I'm a sinner. I know that I've fallen short of the glory of God. And, and I have messed up bad. And I'm tired of it, Lord. And I need you to come into my life and save me. And be my personal Lord and Savior. You've prayed that prayer. Make it public. Go out. Tell somebody. Get in a church. Make it publicly known that this is a decision that you made. Today is the day. Don't wait. We never know what tomorrow holds for us. There are no guarantees, are they? We've seen that. So today may be the day that you do that. Make for certain. You're not sure? Then go back and revisit. But today, make it sure that you're saved. That if you took your breath right now, your last breath right now, and, and you went out into eternity, that you would stand before the Lord and He would be there smiling upon you, saying, come on in. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into your, into your inheritance. I believe that there are many of you that will watch this in knowing that God is moving you to make a decision. A decision that maybe that's been on your heart for quite some time and you've never really stepped out by faith and trusted God to help you with whatever it is that He's put on your heart. Today may be that day. Begin today. Begin this new year of 2022 with that decision being made. Purpose in your heart. Say, this is what I'm going to do. It starts by believing. And then it also continues on with acting out what you believe. Thank you, Father, for things and decisions that have been made. Thank you today that you are working. We believe you and we'll continue to walk with you no matter what we see happening around us. We will follow the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. His name is Jesus. It's in his precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening today. Anytime you need prayer, just give me a call or come by and see us. Give me a call. We'll meet you up here and we'll pray together, whatever the need may be. Always get it out in the light and it can't hold the power of you like you do when you hold it in, whatever it may be. You see, we're not here to judge. We're here to pray with one another. Remember? And Jesus said, I didn't come for the well. I came for the sick. And we need to come together, stick together as a team. And see what will happen. God will do with this church. And also in your family's life. In this new year of 2022. Amen. Thank you Lord. Let's pray. Father thank you again that we can pray. And, and thank you for this new year. Lord we don't know all of what it holds. We have a vision in our hearts. We have that. But dear God today you are so much bigger than that. Lord guide us and lead us in this new year. Make your presence known in a way maybe you have not with revival, awakening, renewal, awakening in people's lives. That they may know you, your holiness, your purity. And dear God today, that because of, of having that encounter, they would surrender their hearts and lives to you. Thank you, Father. Come and be our Lord. Come and be our Lord. Take control. We surrender. And we surrender all. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here.